What's up? Good Friday evening, everybody. It's Friday, March the 20th, and it's another episode from the Anything Goes podcast. Y'all know how we do it. So I've been telling y'all for a while now that, you know, I had a special surprise for y'all. So this is what it is. Actually being filmed, recording. So y'all get to put a face with the name, basically. Um, As usual, I hope everybody's had a good week. I hope this work week hasn't been too stressful. You know, life is crazy right now. This coronavirus ain't no joke. But y'all know how we do. We're going to thug it. We're going to make it through. We're going to keep pushing. So, you know, of course, you got to have that mental on point. And you got to have your physical. With that being said, y'all know my brother Reginald Glenn on Facebook and RG Fitness 34 on Instagram has a gym here in Winston-Salem on Patterson. He has one in, what is it, Jamestown. So y'all hit him up, get your workout on. He'll feed your body. He'll feed your mental. Going to drop jewels on you. Going to get you fit. Y'all let him know that I recommended you. He might give you something off on that, but I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. But, you know, just let him know that his brother Street sent you and get everything in tone and in order that you that you need, that you want. So we're going to jump right into it today, and we're going to start off. We're not going to start off with the coronavirus. We're going to start out with the NFL because this week has been crazy as far as the um, free agency. You have Tom Brady, Mr. New England Patriot himself, came into the league last pick. Um, Drew Bledsoe got injured. He led the charge for the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl. They have six rings, been there nine times, great record. After 20 years, he's gone. He's leaving. He signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, I mean, honestly, to me, this is going to show us if he's really the greatest of all time. Because if you know me, and if you've been following me, you know I'm a Peyton Manning fan through and through. So, to me, Peyton is the GOAT. You know, he doesn't have the rings, but he has the, the statistics. He got two of them, you know, two rings, been there four times, 50%. We'll take that. But I've always thought he was better than Tom. But I can't, I can't shit on Tom Brady and his accomplishments. But this right here is going to show us whether or not he deserves that GOAT title. If he can go down to Tampa Bay and even get them in the playoffs, win the division, hell, take them to the Super Bowl, I'm going to have to call him the greatest of all time. Peyton went to Denver, got him to the Super Bowl twice, punched that ticket once. So I give it to him. I, I give it up to him. What this means for Bill Belichick, I have no idea. You know, I think Bill is going to be able to rebuild, get him a quarterback, plug him in, win 11, 12 games. New England won't really miss a beat. Um, They were a great duo, probably the greatest quarterback-coach duo we've ever seen. But it's time to move on. You know, I think we all seen the writing on the wall a few years ago. Bill never really had a favorite player. He never really 
singled out anybody to make them feel more important than they actually were. So we kind of knew from the time they actually lost the Super Bowl to the Giants twice that eventually Bill was going to move on from him. So we're going to see what Tom does down at Tampa Bay, you know. Uh, but to me, that wasn't even the biggest bombshell. When I seen DeAndre Hopkins get traded to the Cardinals for David Johnson and a second and fourth round pick, a second round pick this year, fourth round pick next year, that blew my mind. Uh, you have one of the best wide receivers in the NFL who was traded for pretty much a hope and a wish. You know, I don't know what they're doing down there in Houston, but you have a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson that's been balling out of his mind the last few years. He already doesn't have a great line around him. The defense is suspect at best. And you take away his security blanket, his number one weapon, and you trade him away for a running back who three years ago may have been one of the best, but in the last few years he hasn't produced anything. I had him on my fantasy team. And, I mean, I would give points, don't get me wrong, but he was never really punching it in the end zone. And he had weeks where he didn't really touch the field. And he's injury prone, so I really don't get why this trade – well, no, let me let me back up. I know why they traded him, because you have an incompetent GM and head coach who really doesn't know what he's doing. And it's showing – and. I'm also saying that the ownership really don't know what they're doing. If you're going to take a coach who was up 24 points in the playoffs, squander a league, but you're going to promote him to GM, that lets me know that the ownership down there really isn't doing what they're supposed to do. So if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'll play. I'll do what I have to do. I'll try to get my team to the Super Bowl. I'll try to get me a ring. But when it's time to go, I ain't thinking twice. I'm gone. I'm taking my talents elsewhere. Because for you to take my number one receiver in his prime and trade him away for a running back who we know can't really produce, now nah, I got to go. It's time for me to hit the road. And we have to talk about the black quarterbacks because Deshaun is a black quarterback, and the next guy I'm going to talk about, he's a black quarterback that put North Carolina on the map, put the Carolina Panthers on the map, and we're talking about Superman himself, Cam Newton. It's over for him in North Carolina. It's over for him with the Carolina Panthers. You know, thank you for all you've done, but they're bringing in Teddy Bridgewater. Another black quarterback, love him. He did his thing in New Orleans. But when you give your franchise player, which Cam was, when you give him the nod that, you know what, we're going to see this thing through, we're going to try to make the best of the situation at hand, and you turn around and you pretty much tell him, like, look, you can go out here and find somebody who will, trade for you like we'll help you in this process that's a slap in the face and i'm glad he called them out the way that he did because cam is being forced out 
But then you have a quarterback like Ron Tannehill, who pretty much was at the bottom of the barrel as far as quarterbacks until he got to Tennessee last year. He just got a contract. Guaranteed, well, not fully guaranteed because none of them are fully guaranteed, but he just got signed because he got his team to the AFC championship game. Cam got his team to the Super Bowl a few years ago, been playing hurt, putting his career and his health, his livelihood on the line for his team who he thought had his back. Could have easily set out two seasons or a full season and nurse himself back to 100% health, but he didn't. He got on the field every week, injured, played. We could tell he was hurt. That shoulder was killing him, and they slap him in the face. This is why the NBA players do what they do. They get fully guaranteed contracts, and they get that movement uh, to be able to say, look, I want to go here and play. I'm going to take my career, my livelihood, and my hand, and I want to do with it what I see fit, not necessarily what the team sees fit. Because when the team is done with you, especially in the NFL, they're done. They're going to put you, they're going to put you on the trading block or they're going to cut you, and then you're on your own. And I think, what is it, three years, five years after you have been put out of the NFL or retired, your health benefits are gone. So unless you're really out here balling and, you know, you're getting that max contract with maybe $30 million guaranteed and you can hit that number a few times in your career, you SOL. So... They had the collective bargaining agreement on the table, and they didn't leverage themselves again. Um, you have a longer regular season. You aren't getting tested for marijuana, which I think is great, but you really didn't set yourselves up to win. Now look at Cam, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, probably won't or possibly won't even be on the team at the beginning of the season. That's crazy. But Ryan Tannehill, a man who really wasn't doing anything down in Miami, you see the chances that he's got and taken advantage of. Now let's see if Cam will get that same chance. And speaking of franchise tag and Ryan Tannehill, we got to talk about Derrick Henry. Up for a big deal. Deserves a big deal. This was his coming out year. And instead of giving him a contract, they franchise tag. But you give the quarterback years and money. That's crazy as hell because if you watch Tennessee this year, Derrick Henry is the reason that they made it to the AFC championship game. And it's not his fault that they went up against a juggernaut. But that just shows you, one, it shows you that running backs are undervalued. And two, it shows you the difference in 
having a black running back, a black a black player that's doing his thing, that's balling, is carrying an entire organization on his back, literally. But you're going to give the shine and the accolades to the white purebred quarterback. Think about that shit. Really let that marinate because it's crazy. Dak Prescott in Dallas, 10 times better than Ryan Tannehill, franchise tag. Black guy. Let's just keep it real. Black quarterback, knowing that he deserves his money. A owner who's supposed to be confident in him. This dude is winning. He's probably going to win more than Tony Romo. But you franchise tag him. If that shit ain't sitting right with fans of the Cowboys, fans of the NFL, if it's not making the players look at themselves and say, you know what, we dropped the ball again with the CBA, then I don't know what the hell to tell you. Because to me, that was Bush League. Dak deserved the years and the money. The money is increasing because of the TV revenue. You're playing for one of the richest owner, if not the richest owner in the NFL. And he placed a franchise tag on you. Them boys playing dirty. And that should open everybody's eyes. You know, this was a good distraction for us, of course, because it got our mind off of the BS that we're facing on a daily basis now. But it also made you think, how long will black players in the NFL be treated like just regular old hands? Like, hey, you know, you up in three years, we're going to get rid of you anyway. Five years, you'll be out of the league anyway. We're not really tripping about it. So the mentality of the player has to change. Excuse me, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> but the, the mentality of the player has to change. The player has to be willing to sacrifice maybe a work stoppage. You know, maybe a few game checks. But in order to be on an equal playing field with your white counterparts, these black players are going to have to step up get their mind right, and get their money. Because it's not looking too good. It's a couple players that were cut this week, or let's say released, that I know for sure probably won't play in the NFL again. Whether it be because they supported Kaepernick or they just, what, they ran that course. You know, 28, 29, that's not old. But in sports, I guess it is. You out of a contract now. They ain't paying you no more money. But y'all wanted to leverage what you had for an extra game. What's that? Maybe an extra $100,000. And uh, 
No drug testing for marijuana. Let that sink in. When you could have got a couple million dollars more and didn't have to pick up another game at all. We got to do better. My black athletes. The same for the white ones. It's for the black ones. So you know we have to get into this conversation. I named one of our episodes a few weeks ago uh, after the coronavirus. So we really, really have to dive into this. And we have to pay attention to what's really going on. This country is showing us that they really don't care about the people in general. And they showed us this week that everything I could be asking for, friends of mine, families, or complete strangers, and we're told no, that they can do it at the drop of a dime. They don't have to have a plan in place. At the drop of a dime, these people can come together and change the entire landscape of the country. These people are talking about giving $1,000 checks or up to $3,000 checks to families because of the work stoppage. Because they really don't know how this virus is uh, being transmitted from person to person. So you have a country right now that's pretty much going on lockdown. Different states are setting different rules and regulations. And the powers that be, they're making it work somehow. But when there's not a lot of turmoil, when there's no sickness, these people act like they don't know how to run a damn country. That's weird as hell. I mean, I I would hope that people are really paying attention to this. At the drop of a dime, everything changed, but they said, we're going to make sure y'all all all right. We're going to make sure y'all straight. We're going to send you some money. Mortgage companies are sending emails to, to their their people, their their lenders, their their um homeowners, and they're saying, if you can't pay next month, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We're not gonna send you an eviction notice. We're not gonna foreclose on your home. You know, businesses are saying, hey, we'll pay y'all, even though you know we're not gonna be operating. Damn. Where, like, where that come from all of a sudden? All of a sudden, and now we've been asking for y'all, for, we've been asking companies to work from home, you know, because I might have a sick child or a sick parent, sick loved one, any anyone. I mean, it'll be more convenient if I can work from home. No, we can't do that. But now, since you may be at risk of getting sick, it's cool. I can send y'all home now. I don't want y'all around me. Now y'all have laptops on hand that you, you know, you have the equipment, but you've been telling us you ain't had that. It's all a game, it's all a scheme. 
we just too ignorant to really look at it from that perspective. Or we've just got used to the bullshit that we exit out. You have jobs that are telling people right now, like, look, you won't miss a beat. You have, now this country has compassion. They've never done that before. Ever. I mean, we got a stimulus check, what, some years ago? I think uh, maybe $1,000 or a couple hundred. I, I don't remember. Maybe $300, something like that. Something, I, I think it was something small. So we've been, you know, they've looked out before because the economy crashed. But now it's different. Now they act like they care. But if you're smart, you're looking at this country, you're looking at the school system, and we're going to get into that and how just miraculously they're on point and on par with these underprivileged kids. But you you got you to gotta squint your eyes and say, damn, we could be further along like a lot of these other countries when it comes down to, you know, the economy, health care, housing. Because these are things that y'all are finally talking about. It's finally on the table. You finally get it. But these are things that everyone in this country that's supposed to be the greatest country on earth. These are things that we should have. Hell, I should be able to take time off and get paid for it. A lot of these companies don't give those type of benefits. PTO. But now you're getting paid to stay at home. Because of a virus. So it takes something bad to happen for the country to wake up, for the powers to be, to say, damn, we can look out for them. That's crazy as hell when you think about it. When you put everything in this proper perspective, when you look at education, when you look at schools saying, hey, we're serving breakfast and lunch for students and they don't have to pay a dime. Damn. So y'all could do this every day. Every day these kids could come to school and have something to eat, even if they don't have money. Y'all won't do that, though. I guess that's what a capitalistic society is about. When you're telling children that and parents, like, look, you could come up here, you can get a laptop, you can get an iPad, you can get a tablet for your child to be able to keep up with the schoolwork. Even if you don't have internet, you know, it's a built-in hot spot. Y'all couldn't been, couldn't have been doing this. Looking out for these children, making sure that they're okay and that they can keep up with their studies. I don't get it. It took a virus that's not really, if you look at it on a 
large scale. 10,000 people have died globally. You've had, what, 237 deaths in the United States. All these people here. I mean, it's nothing to to blink at. You know, I'm not going to say, uh, well, death is death. Let me put it like that. One death, that, that should equal to a million. But when you look at it, it's like, it ain't as bad as you're making it seem here. But now you're panicking because it's affecting you. It's not a rich and poor thing. Because now you got rich people getting sick. NBA players, actors. You know what I'm saying? It's not just, you know, Betty that lives on gold floss that's sick. You know what I'm saying? Now it's um, a guy like Kyrie Irving or a guy like LeBron James. Kevin Durant is actually sick. Marcus Smart. Millionaires. But on the grand scheme of things, on the large scale, what you had 18,000 cases in the United States with 237 deaths, but you're not telling people that 147 people have recovered. You're not telling people that this is a virus that more than likely you're going to come up with a vaccine from. What are you actually showing us? What are you telling us? Everything's shutting down. Now we have a president that's acting competent for the first time that he since he's been in the White House. He's acting like he understands. So you're scared now. Now you need the people to be on one accord. Now you're not trying to be divisive. And it's not a it's not a black thing, it's not a white thing. It's a people thing. It's a corrupt government, corrupt business. I don't know if y'all know it, and I'm not the smartest person in the room ever. I never claim to be. Businesses run the United States. Businesses run the government. That's just what it is. That's a fact. So... When we look at what we're being handed, free money, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, hell, we might even get free health care for a while. We don't know what's to come. But when you look at all these things that are being afforded to us because of this virus, you have to realize the bottom line is the dollar. The dollar and corruption. That's what it boils down to. And I say the dollar, I'm going to tie it all in. Money is the biggest illusion that we know, but we need it. Everybody listening needs money. Businesses control that shit. Your job 
these big corporations, they control the dollar, they control the company. The government is in bed with big business. That's just what it is. For the first time in our lifetime, outside of the um, recession, when the housing industry, the housing market crashed, within the government usurp big business and dictate to them what to do. That's corrupt as hell. You can't put your trust in a politician, in a Democrat, a Republican, none of that. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. The majority of these people come from billion-dollar companies. They come from money, on top of money. Give a damn about us. They're showing us that. See, I want people to look at it in reverse. Don't look at it as to like, damn, what they doing for us is dope. You need to be like, y'all could have been doing this. We've been hurting for years. We've been needing to change for years. I'm not saying that the coronavirus is a gift. It's not, you know, it's not a gift. But it's something that we can look back on and say, this is when this country really showed us that they don't give a damn about us. You can really look back and say, this is when this country really showed us that they've been jerking our chain the entire time. And it's for the world to see. The number one country in the world right now is showing why we're number one in the most twisted way ever. And I don't know if people are really paying it any attention. When you're thinking, I could put my trust in this party, that party, this politician, and they're showing you every day up until now, I'm going to lie to you just like the next man. Just like the last man. All of a sudden now, you wake up. You look up. All of the freedoms that we should have, everything good that we should have, we have it. And we can't even enjoy the shit. Can't do nothing. What are you going to do sit in the house? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not even safe to go outside, really. Hell, I went to my son's school today to get his work. They wouldn't even let me in the building. They bought the, the work outside. Word up. The minute you winning, because we can't think about it. We kind of winning right now. They they relaxing on a lot of this 
a lot of the stressors, bills, work, stuff that causes you to be mad and go gray. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Causes you to drink. They relaxing now. But as soon as this shit is over and done with, it's back to the basics. It's back to the drawing boards and it's not a black or white thing. It's a people thing. So as a country, the people, <laughs> now would be the time to get on one accord, which would not. Let me just be real. Everybody's looking out for their self-interest, which you should. You can tell that by just going to Walmart and ain't no damn toilet paper. You feel me? Like, people are looking out for their best interest. So we're not going to get on one accord right now. But this can be a stepping stone. A building block. Like, hey, you know, the next time the election comes around, we can take 2020 and be like, Hey, man, y'all gave us this, that, and the third. When the country was in turmoil, we chilling now. Let us get that back. Or we ain't going to vote for you. You want our vote, especially minorities, black people. This is our leverage right here. When everything going to shit, black people, we going to clown. We're going to make a joke of it. We're going to make a mockery of it. But we need to store this in our psyche at the end of the day and be like, okay, you want my vote? Shit. <laughs> this is what we need from you on a local level and on a, on a, what word am I looking for? And on the national level. Shout out to my partner, Pittsburgh. <laughs> On a national level as well. So, this virus, you know, like I've been telling y'all, take it serious, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, make sure that you're sanitizing and washing your hands and wiping down every, you know, all surfaces do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, take it serious. But you got to pick up those lessons that we, we're being taught along the way. Because these people are putting it in our face like, look, this is what we can do for y'all, but we're only going to do it if it's, you know, if we think the end of the world is coming. Because that's what they're making the seem like. Like, this is the end all be all. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't, this ain't it. This not cool. You feel what I'm saying? Like, this ain't, this ain't the wave, man. Like, to kind of rule by fear, show a good hand, just to put the hand back up and never bring it out again. Unless you feel like you have to. Nah, that ain't that ain't cool, man. They playing us. For real. So y'all know I gotta drop something on you as well. Cause we gotta keep it we gotta keep it real. 
As I take a sip from my uh, Be Fancy cocktail. Y'all look up Be Fancy on Be Fancy Cocktails on Facebook. And that's B-F-A-N-C-I. Um, it's mobile bartending, specialty cocktails. Hit her up. She's dope. She gonna get you right. I ain't gonna drink no more because I ain't trying to be drunk and belligerent talking to y'all. <laughs> but we got all the, the news out the way. But I wanna wanna talk to y'all tonight about something that's important. And I think we touched on this before. But speaking life and speaking success into you and your partners or your friends or, you know, your family members, that's cool. Do that. Always encourage yourself and encourage those around you. But you can't let people know what you're doing. You need to be private and you need to move in silence. A lot of people talk this talk. And a lot of people say, you know, uh, man, I don't let nobody know what I'm doing. I'm moving in silence. I'm, make, I'm making moves. No, no, no. You're making moves and you're telling people what you're doing before the goal is even accomplished. Or before you even got your foot in. You're setting yourself up for failure doing that. Because a lot of people, and I don't think prayer works as like, I'm going to say, you know, oh, don't let Vito get that promotion on his job or don't let, you know, Rail pop with his clothing line. I don't think prayer works like that. But people will sabotage the hell out of you if you tell them what you're doing or what you're going to accomplish. You got to keep certain things tucked away into yourself. Work every day. Outwork the people, you know, that's in your in your field. Don't say nothing. Just keep building. Build your following. Grind. Stand on your morals and ethics. Put yourself in a position to win without letting people know what you're doing. Don't be boastful. Don't make it seem like you're further, you're further into what you're accomplishing than what you are. Don't do that. There ain't no shortcuts for one. But for two, you look crazy when that dream or that goal isn't accomplished. If you fail, you know how crazy you look? Failure isn't an option, nah. But when you're boasting and bragging and you're trying to make people jealous or make, you know, put the spotlight on you, shit will fall apart fast. When it's your time to shine, it's going to be your time to shine. Nobody can stop that. You can be working at something for five years before it blow. But then you can have a 15-year run that's ridiculous. Or you can pop right now, you know, have an idea, pop right now, 
and you fizzle out eventually, what do you want? The instant, instant success and gratification? Or do you want to put in the work the long, and have the longevity? I'll take the latter. And you should as well. You should definitely pray. You know, you should definitely speak life into what you're accomplish, accomplishing. Do that. But don't get too far ahead of yourself to where you letting everybody know what you got going on and you're setting yourself up to essentially fail and look like a clown. Don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. I used to be one of them people go on Facebook, you know, be like, man, yeah, I'm about to meet with, you know, such and such. When I was in my early 20s, like, man, I'm about to meet with such and such. I'm about to do X, Y, and Z. And it never happened. Never happened. Nothing came from it. I was trying to make myself seem more important than I was. Or try to make people, you know, fuck with me. Oh, yeah, they're going to rock with me more because of this. Nah, bro. Some people don't want to see you succeed at all. And as soon as nothing formulates from what you put out there in the atmosphere because you're really not doing anything to make it happen, or, you know, that executive you were meeting with or that producer you were meeting with was local just like you are, and they can't get you nowhere, people going to laugh in your face. That's my word. Stay hungry, stay humble, stay at it. And not wrong with taking the, the long way. As long as you working, as long as you putting that, that time in every day for your craft. Like this is my first time in front of the camera. I probably did horrible. I'm going to stay working at it, though. I don't care. And you shouldn't either. If you love something, you're going to work at it until you become the best at it. That's what anything you do. Y'all know I love you. You know, I thank y'all for supporting me. But I'm going to keep it real with you, too. I have to. Shut up. And grind. It's cool. If you one of my, you know, people in my circle, you know, I, I say this all the time. Keep certain things to yourself. So, I hope everybody's doing well out there, man. You know, I hope your mental is all right. We're going into the weekend. It's Friday. I got my B fancy cocktail that I'm going to down before I leave out because I'm not promoting drinking and driving. You know, get you a bottle if that's your thing. Be responsible. Get your weed. 
Roll it up, light it. Be responsible with it. It's the weekend. Have fun. If you got to work, I'm sorry. Look, I'm a Monday through Friday person. I don't work on the weekends. But if you do, we're going to turn up for you too, man. I, I promise you. Or on your two days off during the week, you turn up. But I hope everybody's okay. You know, I hope your mental's fine. If it's not... Put your phone down, get off social media, take some time up for yourself. Go for a walk, go ride a bike, talk to a friend, just vent. Just tell them you need them to listen. Do whatever you got to do to get your mental straight. Work out, scream, yeah, whatever. But do what you got to do for yourself. You owe nobody an explanation. I tell you that all the time. Except the people that you love. Just tell them, look, I need some me time. I ain't with it today. <laughs> you know, I'm taking a, a day to get my mental down. So y'all keep doing that, man. You know, I'll be back next week. Y'all will see the visuals. You know, give me feedback. And I'll be back at y'all. I love y'all. I'm out.